0: Hello, Babylonians. I know a lot of you have been with us for a long time, even from the beginning, and we cannot say thank you enough. And I know a lot of you have been asking a lot lately, how do you make your own podcast? Well, it's simple. I use Anchor. anchor Anchor.fm, which is the website, or there is an app, or you can go on your computer, whatever you want to do. It's the easiest way. Um, It is run through Spotify, so that is one of the first uh, platforms that you'll be able to distribute your podcast out onto. And there's lots of different... It'll stream to at least, I think, 10 different platforms or more. um, I'm going to give you a quick rundown about how it works. Anchor lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter where your setup is like, you can start creating today, today, and tell me what your podcast name is because you know I'm going to listen. Then you can distribute your podcast to the most popular listening platforms, including Spotify with a single tap. Anchor is also the place you can publish video podcasts to Spotify. I know a lot of you have been asking for video. Don't worry. I'm working on it. With Anchor, creators can earn money, yes, yes, you heard that right, in a variety of ways, including ads like this one and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. That's what sold me, even though it didn't have to sell me because it's free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Happy listening.
1: hello hi guys babylonians what?
0: Today's episode is brought to you by Brush. Brush is an electric toothbrush that will change the way you think about brushing your teeth. With powerful sonic technology and ultra gentle bristles, the brush redefines what it means to have super clean teeth. It's like that feeling when you just leave the dentist, a fresh whole mouth clean every single day. Our listeners get 15% off their total purchase with code POD15. That's capital P-O-D-1-5. Follow the link in the show notes and enter the code POD15 to get your exclusive discount and upgrade your oral care routine.
1: Why is today a special day? It is our pew pew
0: pew pew. Pretend those are fireworks. It's one year. Bloody Babbles is one year. Whoa. Happy birthday to us. One year. Of oh, podcasting. One, year. <sighs> <pause> one year. One year. That just gave me chills. We did it. We did it. Well, Nicole
1: did it. I tagged <laughs> along. Yay!
0: So, um, yeah, one year ago, me and Kelly recorded our first episode, and I remember today. going today. Today, it's because It is today. <laughs> one year ago today, and I remember, I remember we got. I posted in a couple of like the morbid groups that I was in, just because that's where our podcasting love came from, and then um, I remember we had like probably like thirty plays on that first one. And then I went to sleep, and the next morning I'm like, oh, we'll probably have, like, 35, 40. Now I woke up and there was 90 plays. I'm like, (gasps) oh! And now that episode has... It's getting closer to 500 plays, which just blows me away. So... Happy birthday to first is a great first. day our we podcast is a Gemini like me, because mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, I'm that person, she is. Um, mm-hmm. uh, still, uh, Wyoming still doesn't exist on our list, hey Wyoming folks, I'm going to tell people my mom's friend, I'm just going to call them and be like, listen, mm-hmm. <laughs> play please, it,
1: please have Wyoming. somebody you know in Wyoming listen, or go dri- if you're near Wyoming, go drive over there. listen to our podcast and like (laughs) dial in in wyoming (laughs) i don't know
0: how it all works i don't know the algorithm i don't know (laughs) what anchor's problem is anchor's been kind of wonky lately um uh, uh no new countries as of right now so we're still in 48 which is pretty awesome um Uh, um uh i don't i don't think there's anything else to uh, just
1: keep sending positive healing vibes to dawn yes just keep doing we're just gonna
0: say that every Every, single time
1: every fucking episode till we till
0: our superpowers because remember we're witches that's true um uh um oh no i lost my train of thought we're witches no we just keep
1: sending those good yeah until she
0: gets into remission that's where i was going and stays in remission yes start remission down the road we're Hey. We did that. <laughs> <laughs> Superpowers. Sorry for my snot sounds. Gotcha. I have allergies. Um, but, yeah, other than that, I don't think there's a whole lot to bounce on. Um, uh, we, I've, well, we talked about these guys that we're going to be covering today, which is the Carr Brothers of Dodd City, Kansas, Yeah. which is literally our neighbor town. That's yes. where I was born. Yep. I, um, That's weird. I, I went. Two of my kids
1: were born. Well, two of my biological children. Yeah, because. Well, yeah,
0: Peyton wasn't. He was born in Mineola. I was taught he
1: was. Is, is, yeah. he, he was, was Mineola and Dodge? Ethan was in Dodge. Okay, yep. so three of my kids. <laughs> yes. Um, two of my bios.
0: Yes. <laughs> Everybody was born there. It's where my second son will be born, probably sooner than later. <laughs> Send me some good vibes, probably, y'all. Probably she means hopefully. My baby is monstrous. <laughs> he's huge. He's squished. I got to see him in 3D for my birthday from my boyfriend. Oh,
1: so cute. Such a sweet. He's got the cute. His nose is so cute. I love his nose. His and nose Vince and, and the ears. He a lot like Xander. In
0: one of the pictures, yeah, he looked a lot like my nephew Xander, which was really cool. So
1: I'm gonna have another troll baby.
0: <laughs> um, but <laughs>
1: I'm sorry. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs>
0: I did this, I did this to myself, oh, but um, I had a hard time at first, especially because me and Kelly talked about the Carr brothers quite a bit, because she had had some minor connection just because one of the victims, she was going to college with one of the guys, um, brothers who ended up being killed by the Carr brothers, so Um, we're going to tread lightly. We're not going to try to, you know, step on anybody's toes. I hope we cover this in, I think, two parts for, um, to show these people whose lives were taken. Um, but I've got some backstory about them because they didn't start off in Dodge. They were actually, we'll just jump right into my notes here.
1: Let's, so here's our disclaimer. Yeah. Um, we have been warned To tread lightly with this case, because this is so literally close to home.
0: Literally. Um, Like, literally. Well, you guys heard our... If you went back and listened to our listener story, or the Buddy Babbles that we had a couple episodes ago, we had several people who had went to high school with these guys, encountered these guys. So a lot of our friends and family mm -hmm. listened to us talk about this. So we are going to...
1: We know this is, we know this is, um... Uh, fragile? It, yeah, fr- but you know what? This happened. These people did it. We're telling you the facts. And, and we'll probably throw out our opinions because that's what we do. Yes. And it is what it is. If you yes. want to hate, or if, you, if you're if you already getting tense and, and thinking you're going to hate, it, maybe, maybe don't listen to this and episode. This might
0: not be these episodes for you. Because it'll
1: probably know the information that we have, <clears throat> the facts that we have. And, of course, once again, our opinions that we will more than likely share. <laughs> yeah.
0: Especially because <Interesting>. <laughs> I know there's recent installments because they're – like as soon as that listener um, – I keep saying listener story. I, that's how Morbid calls them, so that's it's true. really hard not to emulate that. So I'm sorry if you think that I'm copying them. Mm-hmm. I listened to those girls religiously, literally listened <laughs> to them today at work. So our Buddy Babbles, we talked about them quite a bit. So, um, and there's recent, like, I know they're taking stuff back to court, and I do touch upon that. If I don't do it this episode, it'll definitely be in the next one, which um, I haven't decided. I didn't even run it by you. <laughs> I was going to try and do, if we do two parts, we do them both on the same day. If not, we'll probably release one today on our anniversary, or in the second one on Friday. We're not going to make you wait a whole week for part one and part, or for part two. So, yeah. Okay yep that's where that's at okay we're, so we're jumping in that's how it's dining. gonna be it's gonna be today and, and friday today and friday Decided. we'll just decide okay cool great fantastic i'm Sorry, fine. sister no it's today okay and friday. today and friday i did it it's <laughs> happening okay here we go guys so
1: hold on to your uh
0: universal
1: titties universal and your titties. spiritual boners um and so your paranormal peenies paranormal <laughs> <peonies.
0: laughs> i'm dying okay <laughs> Okay, so Reginald Dexter Carr Jr. was born November fourteenth, 1977, in Cleveland, Ohio. He arrived as the second of four babies to his namesake father and um, his mom, Janice, um, who had her first child when she was 16 and his dad was 17. So very, very young parents. Um, They waited until three days after Janice's 18th birthday to get married because of objections from her mom, who was uh, prone to sudden viciousness bits here we go fits of rage um so after so they had i want to say it was an older sister because there's four of them um i don't know i can't remember if it was an older brother or older sister i apologize um <clears throat> so they end up having so it was Reginald, and then they end up having a baby named Regina, who arrived exactly 14 months after to the day behind Reggie Jr. Um, he ends up going by Reggie later. That's just what I know him by. And then um, followed after that was Jonathan, who was born on March 30th, uh, April, or 1980, and they were all premature babies. So they were all like, that was like boom, 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 1977, and then 14 months later would be uh, beginning of 1979, and then 1980. So that's a lot of kids to have that little at one time, but that's how it happened. So um, their parents tried to provide a good home. They went to church. Um, Their father was a chemist at a local factory. Wow. Yeah, uh, Janice stayed home mostly with the kids. They lived in a neighborhood where people felt safe and could walk the streets at night. The children could play outdoors. What a different time it was back this then. Is still Ohio? Yes.
1: Okay.
0: It'll bring up when they move to Dodge. Okay. Um, so when Regina, their little sister, well, little older sister, um, she was two when she got sick, and she ended up getting diagnosed with leukemia, oh. which at that time, um, it was very hard. Like, I don't know... If I said it was a death sentence to a child then in the notes that I got. But another, when I was reading comments about it, people were like, no, it was actually, it wasn't impossible to treat. But anyways, they had to hold her down to give her medication that would help keep her alive only one more year. So she ends up dying when she's three years old. So Reggie was four um, after their little sister had passed away, but they said he didn't cry. Nobody in the family would remember ever hearing him cry. Jonathan, on the other hand, screamed and wailed as a baby. Um, Reginald was a tough one. Jonathan was a sensitive one. And I want to say back in the buddy babble, we talk about how, or I may have mentioned, because my dad ended up like pulling these kids over and um, how anytime he'd be like, I'm not going to take you to jail. I'm just going to call your mom. Mm-hmm. And they would become blubbering messes. And I really want to say it was Jonathan that my dad told me that was like that. Um, but I guess at one point, Janice ends up blaming her husband for their daughter's sudden illness. And she couldn't explain it, but she blamed him, which I think that's kind of a common factor when it comes to, like, a child who gets sick. You just want something to you blame. something, yeah. Yep. And she took it out on him. Because I remember we had a, another kid. Not, not
1: fair. Not right. But, but understand
0: I can understand that, Mm kind of just trauma and pain after losing a child. Um, Life changed some of the changes um, lost for years. Okay. Some of the changes lost for years in shrouds of finger-pointing, secrecy, and family shame. There would be stories of sexual infidelities between the spouses, attacks within the family, and tales of incest involving everyone in the house. Mm -hmm. Uh, Reggie and Jonathan would be active in sexual play when most of their boys their age hadn't graduated from the sandbox. Oh. So their parents fought. They argued. They drank. They fought some more. They were. Uh, they smoked pot. If you hear yelling in the background, it's because my kids upstairs with my niece. Um, uh, it was said that Reggie Senior would be abusive towards Janice, including hitting her, and she would fight back. Um, at one time, she yelled at him. She, you're not going to hit me again. And she had a baseball bat. Wow. Um, for years, Janice thought she had sheltered her children from abuse, but the children she'd learn later always they. But the children she'd learn later always know. Yeah, fighting. It, it,
1: sorry, battle moment. Yeah, they do. Kids, as much as we think we can hide it from our children or they don't see this and they didn't hear that, oh, they do. They yeah, do, they do. They and do. And if they it's do, not.
0: I don't know, approached in a certain way, it, it just can just leave. Oh, yeah. It's gonna leave its mark in Facts. obviously terribly bad ways. Um, fighting, hitting, slugging became the order of the day for Reggie and Jonathan. Then one day, when uh, their dad was at work, Janice ended up moving the children to her parents' house, and she hadn't told the kids she had planned to do that. Reggie didn't have much contact with his father after that. He was nine and Jonathan was six when their parents officially divorced in September of 1986. Reginald Sander quickly remarried and began a new family and eventually moved to California. So, from what I know, I knew, because their mom ends up going on to get remarried too later on, because I actually know their stepdad, like, literally had conversations
1: with him. He's the sweetest man Yeah, so
0: nice, Mm -hmm. so helpful. Um... Uh, he doesn't work at, uh, he would help change my car oil. I'll just leave it at that. Mm. But yeah, had no idea he was their stepdad till literally, not that, like literally a couple weeks ago. <laughs> literally, have been interacting with him for years. Um, but anyways. Beautiful,
1: um, beautiful, wonderful.
0: Yeah. So nice. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, family members remember Reggie Jr. never got over the feelings of anger, resentment, and abandonment. Um, within a year, a little girl at, uh, Harry Rice Elementary School ended up accusing Jonathan and several students of raping her during a fire drill.
1: This is 86 still? or
0: um, This is with, within a year, so yeah.
1: 86, 86
0: 87, yeah. Okay. Um, the accusation spread through the community and Jonathan became known as one of the Harry Rice rapists. Oh boy. She ended up recanting her story later on, and it turned out she and her sister had been molested by a relative. Aww. Not great that they accused someone else, but awful that it was happening in another form yeah. of fashion. Um, Jonathan was still taunted at school, and he, at seven years old, ended up trying to hang himself. Mm. Um, eventually, uh, Janice ended up sending her, sending him to live with her sister, Phyllis, who was starting a career as a doctor in Brownsville, Texas? So they're in Ohio to Texas. Phyllis had left home in 1973 to attend college and become a pediatrician. She adopted children of her own, but she also also gosh also occasionally took in her sister's kids. Excuse me. Um, Jonathan and Reginald stayed with Phyllis. For a while in Brownsville, and um, they went to church every Sunday still. They loved getting away from the chill of Cleveland to the warmth of Texas. They liked to swim, fish. Um, when the boys were there, they seemed like fun-loving boys and, like, just got to be kids. I don't right. know. Just right. getting out of that. Probably not. It was obviously a toxic home and just then they'd end up going back home to their mom. Okay, it was an older sister. Okay, whew, there she is. Um, But as they got older, they just became accustomed to their mom dropping them off with relatives. Sometimes they wouldn't see her for days. Okay, so reading this, because this is an article that was out of, um, the notes came from the Wichita Eagle. So it just kind of it paints a different picture for me because my dad, like, interacted with their mom, obviously, mm-hmm. quite a bit, Janice, and he's just said she was
1: one of... She's just a sweet lady. And she and you know and what? She it doesn't know, mean she's not... It, right. This was tough at that time. She was probably trying to make it in yeah, me. She had to work so young. Her husband was abusive to her not a good man it doesn't sound like exactly and and so i'm not making excuses for but shit happens especially as a single parent
0: a young single parent with young babies and when you have
1: children acting out too
0: yeah that's just
1: so you know what moms single moms single dad whatever shit happens you got family to help you out for sure good um Shit happens, so, so it it is what it is. So um, I, maybe uh, you know, painting a kind of an ugly, and, and perhaps maybe maybe she even knows. Maybe I wasn't the greatest mom at this time. She could have been going through. She, her own ends, own up, shit she too. ends up.
0: She ends up. It comes back around once we get to so, what they do. Should happens. Um, we all have yeah. life
1: happens, and we're not. A, we don't. We don't always.
0: I feel. F- I feel for her a yeah. lot. Um, yeah. Just when I was reading through these these stories and articles, and just oh, um, they constantly. We're on the move in the Cleveland area. Reggie and Jonathan ended up going to eight different schools in eight, in eight grades, never staying long enough to develop um, relationships with friends or teachers or anybody. Mm. Um, Janice eventually started a new relationship that would last for years and eventually turned into marriage. The new man in her life didn't step in as a father figure for the children instead he continued the chain of violence years later he'd even hold a gun to Janice's head. I don't think that's who I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's not. Um goodness. Uh Okay. So, yeah, I don't I'm pretty sure I I could be wrong, but I don't think that's the same person. And if it is, I mean, okay. All right, I'm going to just right. I'm fine. Let's I'm just fine. keep reading. So, um her sister was a the like I said a pediatrician, and she ends up setting a practice in Dodge City, with its close-knit community and small-town values. Janice figured that'd be a better place to raise her kids. Um, plus, the boys were nearing their rebellious teenagers. Oh man, Whew If only she knew. Um, the brothers picked on each other. They had BB guns and they'd shoot at any animals and each other. Mm. One time, Jonathan shot Reggie in the head and lodged a BB under his scalp. Ooh, God. That sounds awful. I can't sit right because this baby's in my ribs. Um, Reg- Reggie had trouble controlling his adolescent urges. Uh, besides having sex since he was six with little girls, Reggie had started drinking with his uncles uncles around age 11 and holding drugs for them, and he'd even claimed to give drugs to his mom. Um, I don't know if that's just claims. I don't know if there's, any, there's nothing really to back that up. It's just something that he'd said at one point. Life didn't change much for them in Dodge. Reggie got into fights. He began skipping middle school. Um, when he was there, he sec- sexually harassed a teacher and threatened others. After a, okay, I don't know what that word means. Bunch of ex- uh, suspensions. He ended up dropping out before he could be expelled. Um, the boys still had like a normal intelligence, even bright to some. Uh, Reggie got his GED and then looked at attending classes at Dodd City Community College. Oh, it's just so weird because I'm like, I've literally went to that college three times. Um, that's but,
1: interesting, though. I mean, he still decided to get his GED.
0: Yeah, and then to go to college.
1: That's just very interesting because, yeah. I mean, if he was trying to live like a gangster life thug or whatever, life, you know, yeah. like, that's... But so that's, that's the that's route he took. That's yep. very... I, I don't know much about the Carr brothers, so I'm learning more and more as you keep reading. Mm-hmm. So this is very interesting.
0: So, um, by the time he was 15, uh, police were searching his mom's house for drugs he had supposedly sold, but they couldn't find, it, find any. So, he ends up leaving... Or, his mom ends up... You know, she's done with this shit. He's 16, so she kicks him out. Mm-hmm. So, at the age of 17, he ends up having a baby um, with... A girl named Rochelle, I'm not going to say her last name, that's all you need to know. Um, the little boy, two weeks after his 17th birthday. Following that year, he ends up robbing the bookstore at the the community college, wearing a mask resembling the killer Michael Myers in the movie Halloween, threatening a woman and stealing about $500. That I heard my kid crying. Um, he was convicted of aggravated assault and theft and given probation. So I remember my dad telling me, like... I mean, I don't know the ex- the allegations of... I think it was Jonathan who, they said, um, was more of the one who... Was more of emotional. Well, emotional, but, like... Oh, yeah, Jonathan was one of the... N- one who was claimed to be a, a rapist, so to speak, at the one oh. school. Mm. So, but I remember my dad said they'd get... They never did, like, any heinous crimes. Like, I mean, aggravated assault, yeah, that's, that's pretty up there, but... Like theft and just got on probation selling drugs. I mean, not that selling drugs is a minor crime, but like considering what they do, it's just I don't know. Okay, um, so he yeah, uh, he ended up violating. The and tr- this is all
1: Reggie. This isn't Jonathan. Right. We're talking
0: about. Yep. Right. we're talking about Reggie right now, who is the oldest.
1: Yep. And interesting because his biological father was 17 when he had it, his mom was 16 and yep. so now he's 17 and has a baby, and has a baby. And He has a
0: baby he has a few okay i actually went and found them i won't release their names but i went and found them on facebook wow yeah again good, good looking human you can
1: hear our kids running around upstairs so. and yelling so <laughs> there it is we have good microphones now you get to hear it all
0: you're welcome. Okay, so he kept uh, Reggie kept violating the terms of his supervision. He sold drugs. Um, urine tests would show drug use. By September 1st, 1986, he had been convicted of possessing methamphetamine. Landed him in the Norton Correction Facility on October 23rd.
1: 96, you said? Mm.
0: <laughs> yep. Okay. 1986. I was three. Um, <laughs> uh, Reggie's second son was born exactly two months after he began his pr- prison sentence, and he married the boy's mom. Her name was Mandy, the next May. Um, uh, so, moving to Jonathan, he was pretty upset his brother had gone to prison. He's the only father figure he had known. Mm. So, at the time when he went to prison, Jonathan's girlfriend dumped him, and his dog died, like all at once. So, his father mm. figure's gone to jail. Girlfriend breaks up with him, and his dog dies. So then he, again, was the one who tried to hang himself when he was seven. Tried to complete suicide by drinking antifreeze. Oh, goodness. So, Jonathan is definitely the more sensitive of the two, for sure. Um, He also showed um, the same type of, or same path that his brother was on for getting into trouble. Had his, you know, the childhood sex, supposedly, with little girls. But never, I guess nothing ever came of that.
1: Well, yeah, especially if they came out saying sorry. Just kidding. But there was another family. But it was
0: our uncle, uncle rapist, gross guy. I don't know. Sorry, it's always the uncle. Um, <laughs> so sorry. Okay, it's not always. I'm fine. Bye. Uh, family members recalled one time he stole a truck with a friend to go joyriding. He threatened a probation officer by saying he would stab a pencil, pen, pencil mm-hmm. a pencil through her neck. <sighs> That's so aggressive.
1: And I'm like, Great. Jonathan, come on. Jeez, like mm, yeah. you need to just go All see right. a therapist. Right now it's just threats. Keep yep. going.
0: Exactly. <laughs> right. <laughs> if only. <laughs> um Jonathan would appear vastly different depending on where he was and whom he was around, so he just adapted to his surroundings. He ended up getting a summer job working doing carpentry work for an elderly couple, and their names are Leroy and Juanita. They said they were super impressed with his politeness and his warm sense of humor. So what a picture that he painted for them. Right. So Jonathan... I wonder if he
1: has bipolar depression.
0: Yeah. That that might... Well, I mean, based off of his history... For sure that could be a possibility i don't know if he's ever been medically diagnosed or anything not, not excusable
1: for what but still. no I exactly
0: wonder, wonder. so by age 20 he ends up moving back to cleveland um looking for another life he found a girlfriend her name was ebony and her father helped him get a job at federal steel um, they worked the same shift her and, him and the father uh, morning to afternoon and he They said he did a really great job. Um, When Jonathan was moved to the second shift, he started showing up late, and he ended up getting fired. Mm. Then he ended up being arrested, um, but not charged in a convenience store robbery.
1: Uh, Arrested, but not charged?
0: Yeah. Hmm. So it must have just got dropped. I don't know. He was arrested. Oh, yeah. I already said that. Um, Her boyfriend... uh, The dad's name is Jesse. He ended up trying to help him find another job, and he just... Declined, so he ends up coming back to Dodge City after that short stint in Cleveland, where uh, Reggie was on the verge of getting out of um, prison. Oh, okay. So this is where the man who went into prison, known as Reggie, came out on March 28th, 2000. Uh, came out on March 28th, 2000, wanting to be called Smoke. Okay. Um. He had uh, He no. He had been a discipline problem behind bars. He constantly fighting and hurting people. Flashing female guards. My God! Um, Real winner. Janice told told her elder son to stay away from Jonathan. He doesn't need get he's he doesn't need to be getting into trouble. She ended up saying. So. Uh, Reginald ends up moving in with Mandy because that's the girl he had married, but he didn't have a job. She supported him and their son, and then she ended up getting pregnant, and then they ended up fighting, and so by August they split. In October, this is all of 2000, uh, Reggie met a girl named, oh, I'm not going to say her name, I, I, she's the one I looked up, um, met a girl at a Dodge City nightclub, she was a nurse, made good money, and she was getting ready to move to Wichita where Reggie's older sister lived. Um, Reggie had to remain on parole because of his charge for being his stint in prison. Um, He had to regularly regularly report to supervisors until the summer of 2001. Even so, he couldn't stay out of trouble. He was arrested for driving while intoxicated and was bonded out of uh, Ford County Jail on November 19th. Nine days later, he was back in jail, charged with forgery, and facing a parole violation. But he got a break because a new law cutting parole for nonviolent offenders coupled with a clerical error.
1: Clerical, (laughs) clerical.
0: Bye. Gave him extra good time credit, which ended his uh, parole December 1st. Mm. Reginald posted bond on the forgery charge and once again became a free man. It was December 4th, Shauna's day of birth, 2000, when they decided to take a trip to Wichita.
1: Hey, I was 20. I turned 20 literally that day. Yes. So, Okay. So I need should have
0: need should have. I should have <laughs> um, okay so let me see where I need to start this here. Um we're going to take you to Wichita. Um we're
1: going to Wichita.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So 7 Nation I I put in here a I put in here a a pronunciation for one of the victims' last names because I wasn't sure how to say it. Um, okay. So, So this uh, should happen on my birthday? That's when they headed to Wichita. Okay. Um, it actually, it had, the course of their spree, or massacre as it's called, um, started on December 14th. Okay. So, um, 10 days later. Okay. But, Prior to this, they didn't. um, I'm just gonna go in order of what these notes notes are. So that evening, it was a Thursday. We're going to meet a girl named Holly. So this is going to be the course of the evening of when these five people encounter um, the Carr brothers. She was um, a girl named Holly. She went to go spend the night at the home of her boyfriend. His name was Jason Beffert. Yeah, Beffert. He was 26, a science teacher and a coach at Augusta High School. He lived in a triplex condo with two college friends, Bradley Heika, 27, who was a financial an- analyst, and Aaron Sander, who's 29, who had recently decided to study for the priesthood. So he's the one. Aaron's brother was going to college with Kelly. Okay. And I'm pretty sure he graduated from Cimarron, if I remember correctly, because... I know his mom still lives around here. I'm all like talking quieter even though I shouldn't. But okay. It's because I'm nervous. But anyways. So um, when Holly arrived at the house she was had her pet schnauzer Nikki with her. Um, it was around 8.30 that evening. Her boyfriend was not there but his two roommates were so she goes in. They're hanging out. Um, uh, Aaron's Former girlfriend, Heather, who he's still friends with, Heather Muller, she was a 25-year-old graduate student student at Wichita State University and worked as a church preschool teacher, Um, had joined them for the evening. So we've got, right now we've got Brad, Aaron, Holly, and Heather are at the house. And um, her boyfriend, Jason, will get there later, and then the dog. So... At around nine, Holly went to her boyfriend's ground floor bedroom to start grading papers because she was... Is she the preschool They're all teacher? teachers. Yeah, they're all teachers of some sort. Like, brilliant, wonderful human beings. Um, and was turned on the TV. Um, Jason ends up coming home from coaching basketball practice, and that was around nine, fifteen. And at ten, you know, they decided to go to bed before joining her in bed um, he made sure all the lights in the house were turned off and all the doors were locked. Aaron was sleeping on a couch in the living room while his former girlfriend slept in the second ground floor bedroom and then Brad was asleep in at a, in bleh, at a, oh my God in a room in the basement I'm fine shortly after 11 the porch light came back on to the surprise of Jason who was still awake Holly says that seconds later she heard voices then shouting. Um, Her boyfriend cried out of surprise as someone forced open the door to the bedroom. Holly saw, quote, a tall black male standing in the doorway, unquote. She didn't know (coughs) how the man got in the house, and police investigators, (laughs) I'm doing great, have not said how they think the cars got in. And just before anything goes on, um, they drove to Wichita and they. we'll backtrack to it but they had already killed someone um and it'll come it'll come back up but they encountered a few people one of them um uh, being a another it was an older woman and they ended up we'll talk about it later but okay. they'd already completed a couple of other crimes before they randomly picked this house that had these um these five people in it um so do 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 do, do ple okay, they didn't know how they got in. Um, she says the man whom she later identified as Jonathan Carr ripped the covers off her bed. Soon another black man brought Aaron Sander in from the living room at gunpoint Oh my gosh and threw him onto the bed. Holly saw that both men were armed. She said she wanted to know who else they wanted to know who else was in the house and the terrified I don't know why they have to bring their race into it, but okay. Told them that um, someone was in the basement and then Heather was upstairs in another bedroom. And they brought um, they brought everyone into uh, Jason's bedroom. Um, this is all from her testimony at court. Okay. It's from Holly. Um, we were told to take off our clothes. They asked if we had any money. They, we said, take our money, take whatever you want. We didn't have any money. Um, the cars, however, were not at that point interested in money. They made the victims get into a bedroom closet for the next hour and brought them out um, to a hall, out out in the hall by a wet bar, um, singly or in pairs, and they'd like force them to have sex nice. with each other. In the closet, perhaps 12 feet away from the uh, that wet bar area, the victims were under orders not to talk. Holly says that the cars heard wh- when if they heard whispering, they would wave their guns and shout, "Shut the fuck up." Um, so first they brought out the two women, Holly and Heather, and made them have oral sex and penetrate each other. Um, I think just using their fingers and things like that. Then they brought, um, Brad. No, was it Brad? Oh my gosh. I need to just keep their names up here. It calls them, yeah, by Mr. Heika and stuff. I'm like, no, I want to say their names. Um. So they had Brad have sex with Holly. Then they made uh, Jason have intercourse with Holly. or er, Yeah. So two, both of them. But ordered him to stop when they realized he was her boyfriend. Then they had Aaron come in to have intercourse with Holly. When he refused because he's getting ready to study the priesthood, you've got to be oh. pure for that, they hit him on the back of the head with a pistol. They sent Holly back to the bedroom and brought out Heather, uh, Miss. Aaron's old girlfriend, Holly, testified she could hear what was going on by the wet bar and when Aaron was unable to get to get an erection one of the cars beat him with a golf club. Jeez. Then she uh, said the Car brothers told Aaron that he had until 11.54 to get hard and they counted down from 11.52 to 11.53 to 11.54. Um, the deadline appeared d- didn't have further punishment and Mr. Sanders was returned to the closet. Um, They ended up forcing... Uh, jason to have sex with heather then ordered brad to have sex with her holly said she could hear heather moaning with pain um then they asked them uh, the cars asked if they had atm cards so reggie then took the victims one at a time to atm machines in uh, jason's truck starting with brad then reggie was away with I don't like that I keep saying hi to Brad, I'm fine. And ordered um, Jason to go with him. Brad was put in the back in the closet but said nothing about his trip to the ATM machine. Um, Aaron asked if they should try to resist, assuming they would be killed anyways. But uh, Brad did not reply, so God only knows what happened in that car ride. Uh, well, Reggie was away with um, Jason at the cash machine, Jonathan Carr ordered Heather out of the closet and he uh, proceeded to rape her. <sighs> this makes me a throw up. So then, when Reggie returned with Jason, Holly volunteered to go next. He let her put on a sweater, but nothing else. So she was, um, I'm pretty sure, naked underneath, just had the sweater on. Said he liked seeing her with no underwear. Fuck you. Um he ordered her to drive the truck to a bank and told her not to look at him as he crouched in the back seat. She said I asked him if he was going to hurt us and he said no. She says I said do you promise you're not going to kill us and he said yes. And that was Reggie. So that's weird that he was showing sympathy-ish cuz I could see Jonathan being more that person just Dude, based off all of their I'm history thinking,
1: and I know you can't go back in time but it's like you're the driver fucking haul ass, get a cock's attention as you're driving to a police station.
0: Yeah. Or I'd be driving into a building. Something.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. If you're hauling ass, <sighs> speeding, you know, hopefully yeah. you know, Yeah, cause you're some, some sort another, of attention. But, but then if you start speeding. Who's to say what you would if, really do if you're in that situation? Yeah, but like, I know. I'm like, I uh, I would
0: think of all the things I would, I would do, and then I'm like, being in that actual situation, I, I, I don't, don't know, know what I would do. I, I really don't. Um, she ends up getting money from the machine and said on the way back, he said he wished we could have met under di- different, circumstance, different circumstances. He said I was cute and we probably would have hit it off. Barf.
1: Wow. Ew.
0: Well, how, fuck
1: you. Well, yeah, ah. and, and he's going to tell you what he thinks you want to hear. I mean, or what he knows you want to... Ah, uh, golly.
0: So he tells her that. So they got back to the house and Reggie ends up raping Holly. And then he actually... This is gross and just a trigger warning in some form or fashion and ends up ejaculating in her mouth. Um, Jonathan Carr ends up raping Heather again and then he rapes Holly one more time. So went from one girl to the other. They end up ransacking the house looking for anything for money. This part broke my heart um, reading this. They found a coffee can containing an engagement ring Jason had bought for his girlfriend. That he, And he tells Holly... He's like that's for you. I was going to ask you to marry me. Oh my gosh. And she um Holly learned her boyfriend had planned to propose to her the following Friday right before Christmas on December 22nd. At one point um Holly said Reggie said something that said something that scared me. He said relax. I'm not going to kill you yet. Mm so they end up getting into all into one vehicle and i want to say yeah it's aaron's car um and takes them into out in the freezing night you know it's december it's cold at midnight it had been 17.6 degrees and there was snow on the ground the cars let the women wear a sweater or sweatshirt but they were barefoot and naked from the waist down the men were marched into the snow completely naked the cars tried to force all the victims into the trunk of Aaron Sanders, Honda, but realized five people would not fit. Oh my God, this would make me cry. Mm. and made only the men get in the trunk. Reggie ordered Holly to join him in the to join him in Jason's truck and that followed behind and Jonathan drove the accord with the three men in the trunk and Heather on the inside. As he drove off, uh, Holly noted the time it was 207 am, three hours since the ordeal began. After a short drive, both vehicles stopped in an empty field, and it was a soccer field. Uh, Reggie ordered Holly to go sit in with Miss uh, Miss Muller. Heather in uh, Aaron's car a moment later, she saw the men line up in front of the Honda. In her testimony, she said, I turned to Heather and said, they're going to shoot us. I just, I don't know, I'm just filled with like, I could yeah. feel their fear just reading this in her testimony. Um, Muller stood next. Okay. Wait. Muller... Muller, Muller, Muller. Oh, Heather. Stood next to Aaron, her former boyfriend, while Holly stood next to her boyfriend, Jason. The car ordered them to get away and kneel, or turn away and kneel in the snow. As I was kneeling, a gun shaft went off, is what Holly recalled. Then I heard Aaron say, or I heard Aaron. I could distinguish Aaron's voice. He said, please, no, sir, please. The gun went off.
1: Oh, my gosh. This makes me sick.
0: This makes me just so sick and sad and just... holly heard three shots before she was hit so they were shot execution style um she goes i felt the bullet hit the back of my head it went gray with white like stars i wasn't knocked unconscious i didn't fall forward then someone kicked me and i had fallen forward i was playing dead i didn't move i didn't want them to shoot me again So I don't know if it brings it up later, but she was wearing a barrette in her hair or a clip of some sort Mm -hmm. that deflected the bullet. So it ended up—that's what ends up saving saving her life.
1: And getting them having Mm. this testimony. Oh my gosh. Yeah,
0: and having to relive all of this for them. Have a
1: Kleenex, real quickly, guys. Yeah, I know.
0: Um, So she was laying in the snow. The cars um, got into Jason's pickup and ran over their body. So not only did she just survive getting shot in the head because of her bullet saving her life, she ended up feeling the truck go over her body too. Um, She goes, I waited until I couldn't hear anymore. She says, then I turned my head and saw the lights going. I looked at everyone. Everyone was face down. Jason was beside me, and I rolled him over. There was blood squirting everywhere, so I took off my sweater and tied it around his head to try to stop it. He had blood coming out of his eyes. Um, She saw Christmas lights in the distance, so she was barefoot and naked because she took her sweater off. With a bullet wound in in her head, she managed to walk more than a mile in the freezing cold through the snow, across a field and a construction site, around a pond, through the brush, until she reached the house with the Christmas lights. She pounded frantically on the door and rang the doorbell until the young married couple woke up. Oh she goes, "Help me, help me, help me!" She pleaded. We've all been shot. Three of my friends are dead. At the time, Holly thought her boyfriend was still alive. Um, they wrapped her in blankets and called nine one one, but she would not, or reached for the phone to call nine one one. She didn't let them call. She was afraid she would die and wanted to tell what had happened. She described the attacker, attackers, what they did, and the couple listened in amazement at her courage and determination. Um, when she was sure they knew her story, that she let them call the police, thinking she would die, she asked them to call her parents and tell her mom, tell her I love her and her boyfriend's parents. She was worried about the children she taught and kept wondering who's going to take care of the kids in school. What a, what a, what a human. Um, when the police arrived, they questioned Holly briefly before paramedics took her to the hospital. From her description of um, Jason's truck they were able to get the license plate number from the registration records and put it on an alert. As dawn broke radio and te- te- blah, radio and television stations were broadcasting the plate number. She didn't know Holly didn't know that her he had shot her friends um, that after he shot her friends um, they went back to the triplex where they were living and loaded the truck up with everything of value they could found. And they also committed their final killing, which, um, this is another big trigger warning. They found her dog, Nikki, uh, lying in a pool of blood on a bed, probably shot. So, mm. Okay. Yeah. So, by... Okay. By 7.30 that morning, they had a report that a missing truck was outside of a downtown apartment building, and a black man had been carrying a television set up to one of the apartments, the police moved in to seal off the area. They ended up knocking on the apartment. And several minutes later, um, a woman opened the door. I'm not saying her name because she doesn't need her name said. Um, and I don't even know if that's Holly's real name. That was just one of the names they used as a placeholder in other documents. It was HG. So um, I just went with Holly because I felt like it was right. So that I think her name was just changed to be protected. Um, she was... The girl who ended up opening the door was Reggie's girlfriend, and she had a shared her apartment with him, and they caught him as he was trying to go out a window, so they were found fast. Um, uh, the police learned that Reggie's brother was driving um, from the girlfriend, that he was driving a late model of a Plymouth Fury, and shortly after noon they found the car parked outside of a house in the uh, in a different part of town, Jonathan was there with his girlfriend um, who he just started dating briefly. I'm not going to say her name either. He bolted when he saw the police but was caught after a short chase. Fewer than 12 hours after the murders um, they were both in custody. So, okay, we're good to go. Um, time-wise, sorry. Uh, so prior to that night, so that was December 14th going into December 15th, um, the quadruple murder was, on- was only the gruesome was ah that night's quadruple murder was the only oh my gosh this doesn't sound right most gruesome of the series of attacks that they had so I said we were gonna backtrack a little bit to on December seventh it was a pretty late night they encountered a guy named Andrew um he was a 23 year old guy who had stopped at a come and go convenience store in East Wichita they forced the brothers forced them. Themselves into his car at gunpoint and made him drive to various ATM machines to withdraw money. Andrew said, "I was just hoping if I did what they said, they'd let me live." Um, the two split up and one followed in another car as they made him drive to north or drive to a field northwest of town. They pistol-whipped him, dumped him out of the car, and fled in um, the other vehicle after shooting out his tires. But he survived. Um, four days later, so that would be December 11th, they tried to hijack 55-year-old Linda Ann Walenta's SUV while she was in the driveway of her house in East Wichita. They were looking for an SUV in which to drive people at gunpoint to ATMs. They thought they could keep their victims out of sight in the large vehicles they drove through town. One of them approached uh, Miss Mrs. Walenta, apparently asking her for some help of some kind. She was suspicious because she thought the car had been following her. So she rolled down her window a little bit to hear what they were saying. He stuck the gun in sideways and shot her th- several times. Three. Because I ended up wanting to know. Um, as she tried to drive away. She was a cellist in the Wichita Symphony Orchestra. And she survived the shooting of that day, but um was paralyzed from the waist down. She was able to help police with their investigation, but um died of her wounds on December fourteenth, three days after she was attacked and the morning of the um when they would go and murder the other their other victims. Um Wichita police confirmed the cars um, to all the crimes when a highway worker found a black three eighty caliber Lorcan Semi-automatic, semi-automatic handgun along Route 96, a highway near their soccer field where the massacre took place. The Kansas State Crime Lab confirmed that it was the weapon used to kill Mrs. Walenta and Holly's friends, and to shoot out the tires of Andrew Schreiber, Schreiber, Schreiber? yeah, Andrew's car. No one knows what other crimes the brothers may have committed, but this that they certainly appeared guilty of these. The car trial um was scheduled to start on September 9th. So that would have been of uh, 2001, but had been delayed by defense. Um, on Okay. Oh, so this was prior to that. On June 13th, the Judge Paul Clark denied a motion to move the trial out of Sedgwick County. We may actually get this all in one episode. Anyways, um, the defense cited a poll showing 74% of Sedgwick County residents thought the cars were either definitely guilty or probably guilty and argued the brothers could not get a fair trial in Wichita. However, no trial had been moved from Sedgwick County in more than 40 years, and this one was going to stay. Um, the defense wanted separate trials because the lawyers for each brother were trying will try to blame the other the crimes on the other. The lawyers argued they will both be trying to help convict the other brother, so it will be like having two prosecu- prosecutors for each defendant. Prosecutor Nola Faustin. Okay, pointed out that many people accused of committing crimes together are tried together and since this trial is expected to last a month and involve 70 witnesses two trials would be too much expense and inconvenience so Jonathan Carr's lawyers also tried to get him declared unfit to stand trial but on April 8, 2002 Judge Clark reviewed the reports of two mental health experts and ruled him competent. Badass Um, the reports are under seal so the grounds for the motion are not known um If the Carr brothers lawyers do try to blame each other's client, the jury will l- learn that both have long criminal records. Jonathan appeared to be under seal, but at least part of, yeah, but alive? at least to be under seal, but at least parts of his brothers are public. So oh, some of so his so records were sealed, sealed. Okay. Um, but some of the other parts of his crimes were public. In 1995, uh, Reginald had been sentenced to 13 months in prison for theft. He had also been ordered to serve six months for aggravated assault. Oh yeah, we talked about that earlier. Uh, This is just talking about their previous um, charges, because he ended up going to prison for 28 months on the drug charge. Paroled in March of 2000, or March of yeah March of 2000, and that November was booked for drunk driving. Police mistakenly let him out six months early on December 5th. Oh well. Okay, December fourth is what it was, was when they headed to Wichita just two days before they robbed and beat Andrew and then started their week of crime. Had police followed correct procedures, Jason, Brad, Aaron, Heather, and Anne would probably
1: still be alive
0: if they wouldn't have let him out of prison early.
1: So what happened to Holly when she got run over? Do we know? Is that gonna? what? She, what, what injuries did uh, she sustain? What? What?
0: Did I they... don't. Um. I don't know if it talks about what okay. I don't even know I don't know if it just ran over her legs gotcha. or if it was just partial because um I <laughs> heather's mom oh well. wow when she was on her hands and knees when the- <laughs> um yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know if she sustained any injuries from being run over by a car. Um, but the fact that she walked in the freezing cold yeah. naked, so obviously it wasn't enough to like break anything in her body, or that she was running on pure adrenaline. And so if more, if those came up, it wasn't until later. Gotcha. Um, although, so this. There was a lot of um, stigma around it because the killers were black and their victims were white. Um, the Wichita police have dismissed this dismissed race as a motive, because they were trying to say that it was a hate crime because they he the brothers ended up spe- oh my god ended up specifically targeting white people, but they chose the house at random. Right. They didn't care who was right. inside. It didn't, yeah. So that was dismissed, really. And that's that was a big one when I was looking at different forums and different people who have talked about this because it's, it's pretty widely all over the Internet. Like, if you look up the Car Brothers, you can find so many things. There's a really good podcast I watched on YouTube. I'll have to find the link of it again and give them credit because he did a really excellent job on covering this case, too. Um, but, like,
1: it was just... It was just hate in general, not about... It, didn't it just was. It was, that just, was just, they just, they just were, dark, toxic men. Yeah, just gross.
0: Boys, children. God, well, they weren't that old. So I think they were only. twenties. So yeah, because Reggie was okay. Irrelevant. Doesn't matter how old they were. Old enough to know that they were doing something disgusting. Mm-hmm. And um, prosecutor Falston said that the Carrs brothers chose their victims at random, not because they were white. But the motive was robbery. I mean, they even, like that kid Andrew, they stopped him just to go to different ATMs. Um, She quote, said, said, quote, Oh my goodness, I'm yawning. I'm so sorry. Reasonably, it reasonably appears that these were uh, isolated incidents where individuals were chosen at random, a random act of violence. The fact that the defendants and victims happen to be of different races has no bearing. Let's just look at the underlying crimes. So, um... Wichita media consistently downplayed the racial angle. Angle, however, as news of the crime spread across the internet, many people began to wonder if the charge would be if the cars would be charged with hate crimes. In fact, um, it didn't seem possible for police investigators to even look as uh, look at it as a possible racial motive. Like it just wasn't on the table. Um... Uh, according to the testimony of April 2001's Preliminary hearing In which prosecutors determined Whether they had enough evidence to support charges Mrs. Faustin never asked Holly or or Andrew If their, Andrew if their brothers used racial slurs Or expressed hatred of whites um, It was true and said that Reggie did have a girlfriend who was white And it may be that the race of victims Was unimportant to him At the time Jonathan... Was wearing a FUBU sweatshirt, a popular brand with black wrappers that is said to stand for stand for for us by us. Uh, some it was said some black people were um, wearing this FUBU clothing as a statement of black solidarity, if not the outright rejection of white. So just uh, bending any possible angle. Yeah, of I wore Detroit. FUBU. So yeah, come on. Like I'm pretty sure I did too. I had I, sweatshirts I and sweats. Yeah um now that
1: was the meaning behind it i had no idea so but like i didn't wear it because i I liked it i just exactly
0: (laughs) it was just a popular brand and it was just nice to wear something branded (laughs) at that point um so uh, yeah just talks about more about their different races among them are um just Getting more to the point they talked about it. what they used was excessive violence, a pattern of similar attacks, and the cold-bloodedness of an execution-style killing, combined with the torturing of forcing people naked into a freezing night.
1: And forcing people to have sex with each other. Yep. And, I mean, it was just... Yeah, just- there was
0: ample reason to at least, just, um, like, rule out the racial motivation. Um... But anyways, uh, what a, uh, what, of one thing we can be certain, if whites had done something this horrible to blacks, it would be universally assumed the crime was motivated by racial hatred. That. Which is so freaking. That's very true. It's very true. It's
1: 100% now yeah. So.
0: So, from the outset, police and prosecutors would have investigated the friends' habits, reading matter, and life history of each defendant, if either had what uttered the N word that I won't say, had a drink with a Klansman, or owned a copy of American Renaissance, this would be discovered and brandished as proof of racial hatred. In the car case, there's there there have been no invest, eh, investigation at all. Instead of searching for possible racial, I don't know what that word is, animus animus, I don't know. The authorities have simply declared there was none. Um. Mrs. Falston dodged the racial question by pointing out that Kansas does not have a hate crime statute, but the state does specify harsher penalties for biased crimes. Given that the Carr brothers face the death penalty, this is moot point, but Mrs. Falston has made no attempt to apply these provisions. Yeah, I don't
1: understand. Is it just because people want harsher punishment? I understand if people want a harsher puni- punishment, on these mm-hmm. men, but I don't understand why the uproar. I, I it, Yeah. It, it, it doesn't... What was done to these people... Black, green, purple, whatever, white. You know, it was awful. It was. Yeah. It was wrong, and 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 I, I I don't I don't know I don't know what the race. I, I think it just has. Ooh, find your words, Shauna. Yeah. I think people it's... are just trying to look for ways to just get them a harsher punishment, and and I get it because that was. Yeah. Absolutely dis- disturbing and disgusting. But at the same time, the toss of the coin, had they been white and did that to black people or Asian people or whatever, it yeah. more than likely it would have been that a hate, that it, there wouldn't there wouldn't be any question of whether it's because fucking white people suck half the time, sorry. I'm yeah. white, I can say that. Yeah. Fucking,
0: I'm ugh. pretty sure like a majority of the killers we've talked about on here have been. Mostly white people, you yeah. <laughs> know, like so
1: I kind of feel like if it was a white, but not that I'm, I'm giving them leeway, but if, yeah, have, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, fuck I, you you mm. I don't know. I, it, this
0: mostly goes on the more of the notes, just talk about just the racial side of it. Um, we'll get more into, um, the police and media reactions to these crimes, um, To think about race, or draw larger conclusions, or even express outrage, are typical of today's today's whites, in stark contrast to the sustained fury we have we expect from blacks if the races were reversed. Um, Not even the acknowledged error that resulted in Reggie Carr's early release um, seems to upset many people because he was it was on the it was in ah I can't think of words. Um, He was set to possibly be let out. Um, it, it's uh, uh, obviously upset everybody. I would be upset too. Um, Brad Heiko's dad was very angry, saying he was appalled a mistake like this could lead to such a severe consequences for so many people. Right. But Aaron Sanders' father was passive. So this senior family It's just a beautiful family. Um, it is unfortunate this happened, but we have to learn to get that, to get past that, and let those things go and get on with our life. He says, we can't deal with how things should have been or could have been. We can only deal with today. There were more uh, state sentiments at the funerals of the young victims at Jason's service on December twenty first, two thousand, Hysterian's birthday. The um, Reverend James, I'm gonna guess, Diker. I'm going to guess how you say it, told the congregation their attitude towards the killers should be that of Jesus on the cross. He said, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. He went on to call for a victory of love over hate, a victory of mercy over justice. At Heather's funeral, Reverend Matthew McGinnis struck the same note, saying, we must be like Christ who who forgave his enemies. He told the congregation Heather's mother felt the same way and had told him Heather would want us to pray for her murderers and Heather was probably praying for them at the moment of her death. I'm like, what beautiful freaking humans yeah. this had to happen to? And then it says, to what extent does this turn-the-other-cheek mentality explain why five whites failed to fight back against the two attackers? Three of them were young men, surely capable of serious resistance, and there must have been several opportunities for it. When one of the cars was out at the ATM machine with a woman, it meant there were three guys in the house with a lone assailant. While the man was busy raping a woman, how difficult how difficult would it have been to overpower him? Um, at some point, it must have been become obvious the cars intended to kill all of the witnesses. They should have, they could have had nothing else in mind when they were marched into the snow and tried to stuff all five into the trunk of a car. There was no money to be had from ATM machines. All that was left was to make sure no one could testify against them. Why, therefore, did five young men and women kneel obediently in the snow to be shot one by one? Were their spirits completely broken from hours of humiliation? Were they so stiff from the cold they could hardly move? Or had they been simply denatured by the anti- what? By the anti-white of guilt that implies whites deserve whatever they get. One does not wish to think ill of the dead, but these three men showed little manliness. Ew! Who said that? I don't. Um. It is worth noting that in the home of three young Kansas men, there does not, there didn't seem to be any firearms. No doubt these men believe what they, what they had been told that guns are nasty things, best left in the hands of the police, who will always be there to protect us. Holly who was clearly a woman of great determination, testified that at one point when she was on her hands and knees and that one of the Carr brothers was unzipping her pants, he laid a silver automatic pistol on the floor two feet away from her. She thought about making a grab for it, but realized she had no idea how to operate a gun and instead submitted to rape and attempted murder. Had she known how to use a weapon, her four friends might be alive today. I don't know who...
1: So people are just... Okay.
0: It's just... Just... Like... How could they have not taken one of them down when one is the other? But I'm like, when you're so...
1: And you're scared. It, these people all... It sounds like they all loved each other. They all yeah. had a good relationship. Uh, staying. I mean, hello, this man has his ex-girlfriend living in the house in another bedroom. Yeah. they're Like, all, they were all you know, they're all staying together. And they're teachers.
0: Teachers. And...
1: It, it, they kind of sound almost... You know, very lovey, like hippie-ish, if yeah. you will. Not, not so much everybody's... religiously
0: hippie. You
1: know, just, just all about just love. friends. Yes, and you don't know. I mean, we like we were discussing before. You know, you don't know how you're going to be. You no. have no idea. So these men, so as the person was saying, why couldn't you know? There's three guys, and there's only two other. Guys, you know, three against two, possibly five against it's two. Like, but like these brothers, weren't these like guys tiny were crazy. crazy. They were big dudes. They were big and they were crazy. Yeah, they storm in the house. They they have guns pointed at you. Yeah. I, I, do, I don't. I don't. I don't. Have you ever had a barrel of a gun pointed in your face? I right. you know, like you That's don't know like... what you're gonna do, or you make an attempt to do something. Something goes wrong. Yeah. And because you tried to. Do something now. Everybody dies. Yeah. Or causes one of the girl, the women that you're trying to protect, or whatever. Like, yeah. Like I don't, you know, you don't know. Yes, something should have, could have, would have, but it didn't happen. Luckily, yeah. Holly was able to escape and 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 tell on these people and get and you know and get them
0: caught as quickly you know? as they did. So yeah, I don't know what part of that article that came from. I don't really even like that. I read that, but I mean how can you show anything but like absolute fear like you're literally preparing for your life to end i sure as heck would i mean i'd be trying to think of a scenario if i can get out of there but if there's literally no way and that you know that you don't know the strength of these guys you don't know Mm -hmm. you don't know if they've got another weapon hidden on them that you don't you just don't know so i don't know i don't like that that was a part of the notes in here i'm so sorry. That a, that a, that really upset me, like you. But um, but I, um, you
1: know, like your dad was a hunter. My dad wasn't. Yeah, I, I grew up. I grew up in California. <laughs> hunting isn't a thing. Well, it's Southern California hunting isn't a thing. Right there. I mean, I'm sure people do. So, any California listeners who are being like, "Whoa, Shauna, settle down there." I, it's not like how it is here in Kansas, where people right. hunt and farm and this, that, and the other. You know. Exactly. I. Personally, I have my own things with guns. I, yeah. I'm i not a big fan of them. Me neither. So, like that Holly girl. Yeah. I, I, the fact that she said, I wouldn't even know how to use it. I've shot guns before. Yeah, but, but in that as moment. Know, as wouldn't... far as know, is the safety on or off? Yeah. I Knowing mean, I... my luck, not to not that I hook for hook. I would go click the freaking gun and the safety would be on. The guy would be like, Really? What, you think you're in a game with the safety on it? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you can only imagine. Yeah, that's
0: exactly right. Like, I sitting, I'm i sitting here thinking, because I went through hunter safety, and I've been hunting. I've never, I never ended up shotting, shotting an animal. I didn't ever shot it. Ran one over. Took it home, and I ate him. But never, I couldn't, I don't know. I think it was more the fear of, like, just being a disappointment to my hunter dad. But, um like... Uh, like, I'm sitting here sitting... The first gun I ever did at Hunter Safety was a twenty-two And I'm like, I don't even... I don't even know if I'd know how to... Or where the safety even is.
1: I don't know how to turn it on off. Again. Yeah. And I know when... I remember when I went shooting with my dad. Um, I was aiming at a target. And my dad was like, good job, little squirrel. Look at that. And I didn't hit where I was aiming. Where I hit was good, apparently. But it wasn't where I was aiming. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. I am not I haven't shot a gun since I was probably I was not even in double dungeon. That would have been in my
1: early twenties.
0: Yeah, I was so I
1: was like decades ago.
0: Eight or nine. <laughs> and that was it.
1: Now also okay, so maybe you don't know so you you know, maybe you pick up the gun and you throw it at the dude's head. Yeah. Or you open the car door and you roll out. I don't know. I mean there's all these what ifs should have, but we all have those moments in our lives too. Obviously, yeah. we're still listening to this; we're still alive, and and we can think back of well, had I done it this way, or should have done it. But you know what? I think these people were brave. They were trying to survive. They were trying to make sure their friends survived. Yeah. And and we can't say I would have done this, or or you can say that all you want, but you don't know because you were not in that situation. Yeah. So be
0: grateful that you that you weren't right. Like. Holly, if you're out there, if that's not even your real name, HG, I've big love to you, you and and are a warrior. Are you, you are an absolute warrior. That's a beautiful way to put that for sure. Um, as this is all like they've they were sentenced to death is what both brothers ended up receiving. But like I said, um, we're witches and we have magical powers Mm -hmm. after, well, after we did the Fred West case, cause that they're still, I haven't gotten an update on that yet. Um, cause I know they were getting into that cafe looking for, I believe her name is Mary. Mm -hmm. I don't remember. Um, looking for her body. That's we'll we'll have an update on that coming up soon. And then right after this, now the, the cars, um, the Kansas Supreme court um, literally heard arguments because they're trying to get the death penalty overturned, um, appealed, I should say, um, to where um, the brothers would just have to serve life in pri- prison versus getting the death penalty. They actually just met or the court here just heard the arguments on Monday, May 24th. Um, I guess the death sentence had been thrown out for Reggie and Jonathan in 2014, but an appeal filed by the state of Kansas took the issue to the U.S. Supreme Court and reversed the ruling in 2016. So now they're trying to do this again to try to get it um, thrown out. Um, There are still... Okay, there were still about 20 remaining issues that had not been decided in the 2014 appeal case, so the Kansas Supreme Court heard arguments on those issues And have taken the cases under advisement. A ruling will be issued at a future date. But the court did not indicate when the final opinions would be issued. So it's now June 1st. And so that would have been like two weeks ago. When they heard the arguments for the cars. Because I was looking that up today to see the update from them. So well, we got this in on one big awful shebang for you guys we yeah, so have um, to change
1: that intro a little bit
0: yep already <laughs> edited and fixed you guys didn't even know
1: hey what, what are starting talking about we, we have no idea it's fine we don't
0: really ever do we just <laughs> hope to god we can read our notes and tell these stories with as much Were justice you guys as some blubbering possible. Mess
1: like me like i had to make sure i didn't start
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's how we cry here we're very aggressive criers Ooh. and like I had to maintain composure and I just kept looking up and I, I wouldn't know. I like, and not, not me and days. I <laughs> will not look at Shauna's face when she starts crying especially um, almost I'm, I'm in my third trimester now guys like Yay, baby Apollo will be here sooner than later which is
1: crazy to think about um but yeah so emotions she gets very emotional and <gasps> because i'm just emotional as is yeah she kind of looked at
0: me and then i couldn't <laughs> i'm looking at her now and her eyes are still wire wi- wiring up i'm watering up i'm fine um man oh man oh man Woo. so that is the way too close to home story of case of the nasty car brothers yes um oh i guess i didn't mention it in there but at one point it was another article i, I didn't end up uh, I forgot to add into the notes, but um, at one of the court hearings, I remember them talking to their mom, Janice, really? and she's um, she had came out, and she was just like, I'm so sorry that this happened. I'm sorry my boys did this to you. I wish and hope you can forgive me for not giving them the upbringing they needed to um, to have them become these people. Like, it wasn't your fault,
1: Janice. No, it, it not in a million. Your fault.
0: Like, they were already... It
1: was... Unfortunately, wow. it was... It, it is what it is, but it wasn't you. No. It wasn't you as them. But, I, like,
0: as a mom, like... Yeah, as, I could... Holy
1: totally, totally Yeah, well.
0: that's a lot. Like, both, not only one of your sons, but both of them. Two of them. Yeah. Like, oof. And already having to go through what they went through, like, losing a child. Right. And she was just a young mom herself. Like, she, that woman's been through so much. And I hope she has peace. I hope she's... Yes. And for people who can forgive killers like that, like... Because, the, the, like they said, Aaron's father said and what they said at their funerals about how Heather was probably praying for these killers as they were doing what they were doing to them. Like, what... Oh, I hope they are resting insanely peacefully on the other side. Yep. Uh, so... Um, oh
1: but regardless what happens with those car brothers they they will never get out of prison no. so either they stay in prison oh. forever or they get the death penalty which is lethal right. injection here I right? believe so yeah. Yeah. yeah so I mean I don't think I don't think we do executions anyway yeah so. or
0: electric chair that's what I meant but yeah
1: yeah that's what I meant when I said that <laughs> Sorry, I mean guys. I don't think
0: they <laughs> In just a personal opinion of mine, like they didn't show any mercy for their, No um, greed, their, for these random victims that they mm-hmm. their, took their lives. So, well, and
1: that's the thing, too. It wasn't just, uh, okay, it, it might have been easier to just boom in the head, boom in the head, but you know what I mean? No, yeah. they did. They tortured these, they people. tortured they them. Had them do some awful things to each other,
0: to each other, to them, to, the, yes, to them, and to too, then taking them at different times and then like the fact that um I think it was Jason that came back and didn't talk and about then didn't talk about what happened in the car like we don't know what happened in right? that only he did and it it went with him and that's just it's absolutely fucking heartbreaking and it's just I hope um I hope you guys feel we did this case justice especially just because there's so many people that we know that it have encountered these boys. Mm -hmm. Like, I think my mom said they... I don't know if she had them on probation. I think she did. And I know my dad... I think my dad literally pulled them over days before they were getting ready to head to Wichita. Like, right after Reggie got out of jail. Like, literally, like, my family (laughs) encountered them. And I... Vince? Vince went to high
1: school. Yeah. Yeah. Not partied with them, but was at a party with them.
0: Yeah, they were just at the Mm -hmm. same place, same time. And we had mentioned that back in our buddy babbles. Like, when people had encountered them at different times or their family members saying, Oh, my uncle's gonna get out of here and come kill you. Like yes. yeah. it's just absolutely devastating. And, and these were
1: not good men. And I'm glad they, they were caught soon. I mean So fast. But it sucks the other people that had to uh, become victims as well. Um, exactly. But thank goodness for Holly's survival skills and um, thank God
0: for that freaking hair berette. Like Right. like that's and for not being ran over to where she couldn't get up and run mm-hmm. and go so put all your christmas lights leave them up all year round we're not going to be the <laughs> good those those christmas lights could save somebody's life you never know You never know. but um our intro sound is always our fantasy and world music by the Fictors. you guys know where to find us um for future Buddy Babbles, make sure you guys reach out and send us those stories. I've already got one story started for the next one when we do that. We'll do them every once in a blue moon, just depending on how many stories we get. So please send those to us. Always.
1: Anytime. Um, All the time. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can
0: email us, Bloody Podcast at gmail. Uh, slide into our DMs on Twitter at bloodybabbles or Instagram is just bloodybabblespodcast. Message our Facebook page. If you know us personally, just message us because that's what my friend did. Actually, she messaged me on Instagram. But, yeah. So, all right, you beautiful Babylonians. Happy Um, birthday to us. Happy birthday to (laughs) us on this singular episode. (laughs) All right. Until next week, guys. Babylon. Babylon.
2: Have you ever wondered what shows are like in foreign countries, but the language barrier is what stopped you from giving them a chance? My name's Maggie, and I host the podcast, Have You Seen It? Where i talk about tv shows from countries all around the world if you're like me you spend more time on netflix looking for something to watch than actually watching something so if you don't want to spend time scrolling through netflix or even hulu check out my podcast for some show suggestions i talk about the plots tell you who the cast is what i liked and what i didn't like about the shows and i also throw in some fun facts about each country tell you where in the world the show takes place how close they are to any other shows that I've already covered, mention any cultural differences or similarities that I noticed, and my favorite part are the words and phrases that I picked up while watching these shows. You can check out Have You Seen It on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcast, and most other places you listen to your favorite podcasts. You can follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at official H-Y-S I. That's O-F-F-I-C-I-A-L-H-Y-S-I. And make sure to like the Facebook page at facebook.com slash official H-Y-S-I. Let me help you find your new favorite show.